0: Hey guys, it's Charles. Are you a lazy millennial like me who doesn't have the time, energy, or work ethic to actually read a book? If so, you're in luck. Head over to audibletrial.com slash settingedge. That's audibletrial.com slash settingedge to get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial. Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash SettingEdge. Reading is for chumps.
1: Welcome to episode 41 of the Setting the Edge podcast. I'm Justin Mosqueda. You can find me on Twitter at jomosq. the Jew Musk. I'm here with my co-host, Charles McDonald. You can find him on Twitter at 4Words. Say what's up to people, Charles.
0: What's up to the good people? Football is back, baby. Football is back. Takes are flying. <laughs> <laughs> the takes are fine, and I mean we, we've we've been back in college football season. You know, college football season that that matters for about four days now, and the hot takes are blazing hot.
1: Every quarterback is dead already. Um, I, I watched like the first three quarters of the UCLA game. I went to Ikea. I came back, and, like, the world had crumbled. It was, like, the situation. Did I ever tell you about, speaking of, like, wild comebacks, I ever tell you the story about where I was for the Oregon TCU bowl game? No. Where they had, like, a fucking 30-point lead. So it was, like, Christmas break, and, like, the homies were back, and they wanted to see, like, Star Wars or something, right? So I, like, left at halftime because Green Bay, I had a, or Oregon, Green Bay, it's the same damn team. Um, little finesse offenses. We can't play defense uh there is yeah so tcu came back from a 30 to 31 to 0 deficit after the half to end up winning the game 47 41 in overtime and i straight up like left went to go see star wars turned my phone off turned my phone on and it, like my timeline had just like nuked me like i was on memes that like i hadn't even <laughs> like, that went up for like 30 minutes that i wasn't even aware about or anything people were wondering if i was okay and i was like i don't even know what the hell happened and then i learned it was like a third string quarterback that ended up coming in and doing it. Yep. It was not a good situation, yep. but yeah. So UCLA uh, ended up beating uh, Texas A and M after what was it a was it a thirty five
0: point lead? Thirty four point lead. They're up forty four to ten cool. with two minutes left in the third quarter, and they ended up losing that game. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, let me tell you how this How's happened. How is that even possible?
1: <laughs> this is what I was telling you because I was I ran numbers versus expectation for all these power five quarterbacks. And uh, one, your eyes aren't lying to you when you said that you know these these big name quarterbacks were doing poorly uh, th- this weekend. Um, two, Kellen Mond threw the most pass attempts for Texas A&M. He threw 17 of them. He completed three of them for 27 yards. So he's averaging less than two yards per pass. But um, he's averaging that's nine how yards he... of
0: completion. That's not bad. Mm. <laughs> nine <laughs> yards per completion isn't good. Like, <laughs> it's
1: not bad, it's not, bad it's not good. I mean, Josh Rosen threw 35 for, for uh, 491 and four touchdowns. I would certainly say that that would be significantly better. The funniest thing to me is that Texas A&M, so their they're top running back, right, uh, Travion Williams, he ended up getting 203 yards for two touchdowns. Their backup Keith Ford got 114 yards for three touchdowns. I'm not sure how many like teams have ever lost when their t- two top running backs end up having like 315 for five. Like there there can't be that much precedent in the history of college football for like putting up that that amount of production on the ground and losing a football game.
0: Yeah, but even being up, like, how do you get up 44-10 to 10 with that poor of a passing performance? I don't know, that, that's just, that's one of those games I'm going to have to go back and rewatch mainly because I tuned out because I thought Texas A&M was just going to wipe the floor with them. Uh, and it, it's always funny to see, like, how those games where the stats don't make any sense, how they kind of turn up at the end after you know what the end uh, results going to be like if you like during the season if you go back and watch like some Jags game where they kept it close and you'll see they will be like two for 13 on third down you're like how the hell did they keep this one close and
1: it was great. like a blocked punt yeah, yeah. It's, it's just things like that it was like the start of I mean we could talk about like the uh the Florida Michigan game that's kind of how that situation happened, where, yeah, like, Florida was... was making a whole bunch of plays that weren't on the offensive side of the ball. And then it caught up to them that the fact that, like, they didn't have an offense. Both of those quarterbacks got pulled in that game. And, like, the funniest thing to me was Wilton Spate got pulled, the quarterback for Michigan, on his second interception, right? But the second interception was, like, a dropped a dropped completion. Yeah. Like, he, he it basically, like, it went off of his receiver's hands, and then it got picked off. And they were, like, put, ripped the cord on him, and then they brought him back in the game. And I was like... I really don't understand that one. Like I understand pulling the quarterback in week one when you're trying to figure out everything, but it, it, pulling the quarterback for an interception that isn't his fault. I don't know.
0: I mean, I I think Jim Harbaugh was just seeing red, and nothing else mattered. He had to get that guy out of the game immediately. He was just too much. He was hyped up. Yeah, he was just hyped, up to, off, yeah, of was just hyped off milk. Off, off milk. Steak <laughs> milk.
1: Speaking of being hyped up, hyped up off of, uh, did you stick to the Alabama Florida State game long enough to see a strength and conditioning coach possibly taking stimulants?
0: I saw, I saw videos of it on Twitter. I was out uh, during the game, but did, what? Yeah, what the hell was that about? You can't just casually. Dude, they straight, the they just line. straight up, <laughs> they straight up
1: went to the sideline and they're like, "Here's the guy who like grooms all these guys." You know, all summer, all spring, all winter, he's like the face of the program for like nine months of the year behind the scenes, and then he, they just get him like putting his hands up and like someone like putting a pill in his mouth and then another one squirting a Gatorade bottle in, and, and then they're like he's just got so much energy like all the time. Yeah,
0: uh, what, conspiracy what theory was taking Viagra.
1: Mm, uh, <laughs> you think <laughs> it's pretty, dude? To be honest, it's pretty. Like I forget about this because I'm not on the on the West Coast. It's pretty late out there. Like that probably was like 11:30. And like head coach, like some of these coaches are super old. Like uh okay, let's go there. Uh Pete Carroll, right? Pete Carroll's like sixty something?
0: Uh yeah. I think he's like he's almost he's almost seventy. Okay. Let,
1: let's get let's get these facts so I don't get fired. Um Pete Carroll is sixty five years old. He has to play all of these primetime games with the Seattle Seahawks. What does he do on the sideline all the time? Uh Chew Gum. Chew gum. Chew gum. Chew gum. And everyone says he has a whole lot of energy, right? I said this in the, I think I said this in the group chat. And like Hank came in and like Google, Google, like Pete Carroll on top of lockers. Oh, yeah. I think that'll probably (laughs) Like that, he cool. looks like he's about to rip his shirt off and shit. Like I don't know who's to say who's to say what uh, Pete Carroll may or may not be taking to k- keep that youthful vibe going up at sixty-five, playing in all these primetime games while he's chewing gum on the sideline uh, for it's, for it's all the coaching spears for spears. a team which may or may not for a team which may or may not have gotten in trouble for using quote unquote Adderall. Hmm. Stay woke. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, so you lost money on some of these games because you believed in Josh, Josh Allen, for whatever uh, reason.
0: I, I don't know. I, I just didn't think that. You, you you see the way that future Hall of Famers CJ Beathard and Jaleel Johnson are playing in the preseason. I didn't think that uh, that the Iowa had the the guys returning to get it done. But Josh Allen just completely shit his pants, and they lost that game. All right. I, I, I I honestly think that after that game, like if we see another performance like that. I think that that Josh Allen hype train might just fall off a cliff because it's not even like he has the numbers where you can kind of look past some, some of what you see on film. He's got bad numbers. He's got bad tape. Like I I think this is a guy where we shift our attention to somewhere else in like three weeks.
1: The thing is they're like, so I ran these numbers, right? whatever, whatever the, the AYA numbers versus expectation for these quarterbacks to see if like there's any like breakout candidate early on. Right. Um, and I really can't find one. Like, all these guys who are, like, UCF's quarterback has did well, but he's, like, 5'11", like, listed 5'11", 274, or something like that. 274? It's 174. Oh. My bad. I, I was about to say, I oh, threw 100 shit, pounds on him. Right now. I'm, I'm, in, I, I'm like an Alabama strength and conditioning coach, bro. I just threw, threw 100 pounds on a guy in, like, a second. Um, But, no, there's, like, no standout guys. Like, it's like like, uh, Mason Rudolph, Baker Mayfield were doing really well. Uh, Justin, Justin Herbert did really well, even though he played against – Zero competition. Justin Herbert's a guy who's going to take the the tall white quarterback sophomore hype away from Josh Allen in a couple weeks when they play against each other. Um, Wyoming against Oregon. Oregon just set the scoring record for for uh, program history in Willie Taggart's first game. Um, if you have looked at how uh, USF and Texas have have dealt with uh, replacing Charlie Strong and replacing uh, Willie Taggart, it, by transit of property, Oregon might be really good this year, like by by themselves. Um, so I, I don't know, man. Like I really, I ended up watching, uh, I watched, what was it? I watched Josh Allen live. I watched Sam Darnold live. I ended up c- catching, uh, Josh Rosen. Uh, I basically saw all these quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, Mason Rudolph, and I'm missing one of them. Uh, Lamar Jackson. I caught all those guys on rewind cause these guys on YouTube are super fast at cutting up these games now. Um, so I ended up watching all of them. Like it honestly, even though like Mason Rudolph put up a bunch of numbers, um, there were some times where you were like, hmm, if that cornerback wasn't from Tulsa, that probably ends up being a pick six. Uh, it's kind of like that jo- that Josh Rosen uh, touchdown that should have probably been an interception. Um, the only quarterback who was really impressive this weekend, to be totally honest, was Lamar Jackson. And this is coming from someone who is like, I'm not going to get emotionally attached to Lamar Jackson because I understand how the NFL treats sub six two quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, Lamar was awesome. Uh, I, I I don't know, like if you're still saying that he needs to go to receiver, I don't even know what to do with that anymore. But he he did everything he wanted to do. You know, he made plays in and out of structure. He has some dimes like up the seam, down the sideline. It was it was a really complete performance against a surprisingly feisty Purdue team that that just kind of came out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, Brom. Brom's got got that program turned around. I think there was like one. I think when I was watching Lamar Jackson, the cut up of it, there was one pass that I didn't like, and it was like a it was like a slant where he stared down a guy in zone coverage and they almost picked it off, but it ended up being a completion anyway. And like if you only have one of those plays out of like 38 attempts or whatever he ended up having, like it's not a big deal at all. Should we get into these takes?
0: Yeah, let's get in. Uh, you should give a little primer of, of what is happening here.
1: Okay. Uh, well, first we got to give a primer. CJ Beathard won the prizeman. Like he had his prizeman moment. He shook someone out of his shoes. A defensive back out of his shoes. What's his name?
0: Dwight Lowry. He's a star for the Falcons. He, R- rest in peace, he, Dwight Lowry. Yeah, yeah. He's he actually used to be a solid player, but the age just kind of caught up with him after a while.
1: Yeah. So well. C.J. Beathard caught up to him, so that's all that matters. Uh, prizeman moment for him. Uh, lock it up. He ends up winning it. C.J. Beathard uh, for president for San Francisco 49ers, starting quarterback, outpacing Matt Ryan's MVP performance in the preseason. He's He's got it all. He's he's the man in San Francisco. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to we ask Twitter uh, what their hottest takes were coming into the season, and uh, we're going to BS test them a little bit. So we have uh, Josh Kiramita. Oh Sierra Mita?
0: Um I'm not even gonna try I'm it looks like it.
1: Sierra. Josh Sierra Mita. Uh it says uh Eli is gonna be the best NFC East quarterback this year.
0: Did that did Dak Prescott die?
1: That that was my immediate reaction. Was that did we not see Dak Prescott just do this? Because I can understand you not being on the wins Wagon, right? We certainly aren't. Mm-hmm. Um and you could you thinking that uh that that Kurt Kurt Cousins uh, ends up having a regression this year with losing all those uh, those pass catchers, which totally reasonable. Um, but Dak Prescott, like he still has that offensive line, he has probably more receiving talent than he had last year. I, I don't really understand. Like the team's going to lean on him even more, and like that running game is going to kind of like run itself. Like when you have an offensive line like that. And the difference between your tackles for losses is about half that league average. Um, that that kind of solves a lot of questions in the running game immediately, no matter who's taking the carries. So I can't really see Dak Prescott regressing, especially after the preseason he's had. I, I'm pretty sure that if you make the case, like Russell Wilson probably had the best preseason of any starting quarterback, and then right after him is Dak Prescott.
0: Yeah, I, I was, when I saw that take, I was like, did, did you just watch Dak in the preseason? Like uh, he played two games and pretty much put any concern of, like a slough more slump to rest. Uh, I, I mean, they're going to be putting the ball in his hands more with Zeke having this six game suspension. So I, I yeah, I, I think Dak's going to light this up.
1: Yeah, no, that that's going to be a no for me, dog. Um, Chief the chiefs, this is from Sully football. Good. our good, uh, Homer friend, Sully Sparks. Uh, chiefs will beat the Patriots on Thursday.
0: No, no. Sully, you don't think
1: there's any chance with Alex Smith, you
0: don't think so? <laughs> you know, if, I just don't you know. Like, how many times are we going to do this dance? Like, it's the same. It's the same thing every year with Alex Smith, and you know, it's good enough to beat up on maybe some of your in division rivals and some of the lesser teams. But everyone knows who's a boss, when you get to the big boys and the Patriots. I I, I don't know if they put a beat down on them, but I, I do think they win by at least a touchdown.
1: I think the line right now is like nine points. Really? So it's. Yeah, I think the line right now is like nine points, which is – I think I think Belichick has some crazy stat where it's like basically if he's within a touchdown, you need to bet on the Patriots every single time or you're just going to hemorrhage money. Um, but after a touchdown, I think once it gets to double digits, you're supposed to fade the Patriots. But this is right on the verge of that. So if it gets up to ten, maybe take that. But I don't know. I, I, nines a stay away from me. Um, did you see NFL Network, what they had? I, I'm not sure if it was Maurice Jones-Drew or if it was uh, – What's oh, his name? It was
0: Heath, Heath Evans.
1: Heath Evans. Heath Evans. Where they, they gave the coaching advantage to uh, the New England Patriots over Andy Reid, which I don't know. I feel like I feel like Belichick has multiple. Like, doesn't Belichick have like seven rings at this point now between all the stints? Uh,
0: I think he does. Uh, I mean, we know he has five for sure. I, I I don't know exactly where he got you know his his assistant Giants. Oh oh duh duh. I forgot about that, because I was thinking, like, you didn't any- win anything with the Browns. Um, so, yeah, the the Chiefs do not have a better head coach than the Patriots. The Patriots are definitely going to beat the Chiefs on Thursday, and I just hope that we get to a situation where uh, Alex Smith has such a bad game that they end up starting my home for so the last 15 games of the season, just to see what's up. And Alex Smith is white, and he's played well in the past, so it's not like he'll he'll— Lose his career or anything if he has a bad game <laughs> on <out> Thursday. <there, so. laughs> he'll, he'll find he'll find work he'll find, he'll work. find work
1: somewhere. Hey, look, listen, Mc- McCarthy drafted him, so McCarthy drafted him in San Francisco. It could be a landing spot once a uh, Brett Hundley gets traded for like a fifth round pick or something like that, like some sort of football Twitter fan- fantasy fiction. Um, if we're gonna stick with the Chiefs, there's like two, there's like a lot of Chiefs takes in this. Honestly, all right, so let's just go yes/no on these. Chiefs D is overrated. No. I think they kind of are. Because they're not good at anything technically. Like when you look at them statistically, it doesn't make sense why they would be good.
0: I, like, I, they're very I, up and
1: down in specific positions.
0: I think adding Benny Logan and Roy Mill is going to help them out a lot. Like that that's an advantage over what Poe gave you last year. And then, uh, yeah, like
1: Chris. How Jones. are you on both ends of the Poe take? How are you on the both ends of it's good for Kansas City to let him go and it's great for Atlanta to add him? Because.
0: It, they're running a different system in Atlanta. So you make him lose 25 pounds and then you play him 60% of the snaps instead of playing him, you know, 85 to 90% of the snaps like they were in Kansas city. So I like you, you give him a chance to kind of revitalize, uh, revitalize his career. You'll get it. And then, uh, like Benny Logan and Roy Miller, that's from what, for what Poe gave you last year, adding those two is, uh, probably, you know, a performance advantage right there. So, I don't know i'm I'm playing both sides of it
1: uh so justin houston 20 plus sacks this one comes from uh, lucas neighbor
0: no can you no johnny justin houston 20 plus defensive snaps for the season like that would be a hotter take than 20 sacks
1: yeah the thing so jay hugh averages like a sack a game basically since uh since his sophomore season in the league which amazing rate but he just can't stay healthy and I mean, based off a of preseason, which whatever, okay. Like I, I understand it's preseason. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't look right. You know what I mean? Like there are guys like Derek Barnett, Jerry Hughes, guys like that. Who it's like, okay, these guys have clearly taken a step from the last time that we've seen them, and they're going to be forces in the league. Um, Justin Houston, if you would have put random jersey number on him, I probably wouldn't have noticed him in any of the games that I watched, and I watched the first half of every single one of those Chiefs games.
0: Yeah, that, I'm, I'm same way. It, it sucks because he used to be dominant, but. He needs Tyson Brillo out there if he's going to make an impact. Yeah,
1: him and uh, him and uh, Robert Quinn are both dead, which is sad. very sad. Poor one out, and uh, Alden Smith too, I guess, but different reason. Um, so la- last Chiefs take, uh, Mahomes starts five games in a playoff game. That comes from Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting, whose new podcast you should go uh, check out. Go to his Twitter handle, Optimum Scouting. Uh, check it out. Subscribe to it. He had me on for a gambling reference this week, and I went four uh, and one and two and zero against. Two and zero in the games that Charles picked against, so per- perfect number, perfect perfect start to the, to uh, the game like season. But uh, Patrick Mahomes five starts, including a playoff game. Uh,
0: you know what? I I think I'm gonna buy this because I I feel like what is the point of running to the playoffs with Alex Smith again? What do you gain from that? Because you know exactly what's gonna happen. I I would say. If Alex Smith looks like he always does and, you know, you're just kind of dinking and dunking but not really open up the offense at all. I think he do make that switch at some point midseason and get Mahomes some playoff experience or get some get him some regular season experience and hope that the defense can kind of hold on through the swings as he get into the playoffs.
1: I think he ends up winning it just because of frustration and, like, just just the history of how this stuff ends up going. Like, we've referenced this number before, but the 200 attempts thing. Yeah. Where it's literally like there's like five guys who haven't thrown 200 attempts in their rookie season if they were a top first round or if they were a first round pick, right? And every single one of them is a guy who clearly just didn't – and like the best guy on that list is probably Jake Locker, right? So yeah. like not not a ringing endorsement for these guys over the past decade plus. Um, it, it's just like – it's not realistic to say that a team is drafting a first round quarterback and they're not going to play him. That's just not reality in the NFL anymore.
0: Nope and I, I think you're gonna see trubisky and he's look good too
1: yeah like that, that's the other thing is he's actually like legitimately look good
0: yeah I, I I think like like you said, the top picks like they don't sit on the bench anymore uh so with Kaiser starting i, I think all four of those guys Watson trubisky Mahomes uh like they're all gonna end up being starters. Especially in, in uh, Trubisky's case, there's no reason for him not to be starting over Mike Glennon.
1: No, and the weird thing was the Mike Glennon Week Three thing because like he had a decent Week Three game, which I ended up watching it, and it ended up being like he had like a really good single drive, right? Yeah,
0: that, and then like that the
1: track. other numbers were just meh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Mike Mike Glennon like up to that point was like if you were putting those two head to head, like Mitch Trubisky was running him off the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like. We just kind of got oh week three he did well like he'll for sure be the starter forever and it's like man if that would have gone wrong like Trubisky might have ended up being the week one starter you know what I mean like it was it was not a good look early on so I don't know he's gonna end up winning that job at some point and they know how to use Trubisky too like the Bears are already doing like all the play action boot stuff like they're not really making him do like super advanced stay in the pocket you're gonna make you throw deep it's a lot of like if you look at like Gary Kubiak's old system right the one that like people. People were like freaking out. If you want to read it, there's probably pieces about this when Peyton Manning signed with the with the Broncos because people were wondering if he could adapt to that like moving pocket, you know, out of the pocket type of system. Um, that that's basically what they're doing with Trubisky in Chicago, and it's working really well up to this point. I mean, I I don't think anyone's complained about Mitch Trubisky as far in like Mitch Trubisky wasn't a guy who was like super liked on media like social media or anything like that i mean let's not pretend like we didn't clown the chicago bears for trading up to to draft them second overall
0: yeah but I, i'm of the mindset that you can clown someone and then admit you're wrong and everything kind of keeps absolutely. moving.
1: absolutely oh i'm super wrong about pat mahomes like incredibly wrong about pat mahomes if we can switch my pat mahomes and paxton lynch takes that would be great. Oh, if You just that revisionally. All right. Speaking speaking of uh, packs of Lich, six six and ten Broncos. This comes from at the people's eyes. Uh, I'm I can buy that. Someone, I can too. But let's I, play a I, game I, called Guess the fucking wild card teams in the AFC. Oh, I have no idea. No idea. There's there's none. There's n- like it, you could pick like ten different wild card teams in the AFC, yeah, and I, I'd be I like, sure.
0: Right, like right now, like we only have two. Two legitimate confirmed playoff teams in the AFC: the Steelers and the Patriots. Like any any other team, like if the, if the Raiders didn't make the playoffs or the Chiefs didn't. Make What's the your playoffs? issues with the Titans? Okay, well the Titans, yeah, I forgot they're in the AFC South. Uh, okay, Chargers. So you got three like confirmed playoff teams, and then the the, the rest of it's just scramble because I don't know who's going to win the AFC West. You're all in on the Chargers, San Diego, but
1: the bolts. Uh,
0: San Diego does not have a team anymore. They always
1: have a team in my heart, okay. so
0: <laughs> you're all in on the Chargers. <laughs> I can't get all in, absolutely all in. I can't, I can't <laughs> get in. I don't know. I just don't trust them. They've hurt me too many. You times. said,
1: uh, you sent me a thing where like Will Will Brenson or something from uh, CBS Sports had the Chargers losing in the Super Bowl to like the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, that's that's like on brand for you. Hey, <laughs> I don't. No, nah, I don't. I don't believe in the Cardinals that much. Just, they just don't easy, They just have an easy schedule this year.
1: Yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at. I, it's the same thing with like the Ravens and the Broncos. When I ended up doing the like, the okay, this is how talented I think teams are. Let's figure out what I think their actual record is going to end up being. And I'm like, damn, the Broncos and and uh, the Broncos and uh, Ravens ended up making the playoffs. I had no idea that I would ever put them in this situation. Then I looked at their their uh, record and I was like, oh. Yeah, this is how you end up there with that that type of schedule. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: but in terms of hot takes, Broncos six and ten. I don't think that's a that's a bad hot take to have <laughs> because I mean, if that offense flounders again, and they already lost a bunch of pass rushes to injury, it could be a down your.
1: Let's talk about something because uh, the Denver Broncos. Uh, John Elway said he needed to put Brock Osweiler through football rehab, which oh
0: boy, if that isn't a ringing endorsement of Bill O'Brien. Oh. I mean I mean I remember when we back when we had our website Playmaker Mentality, uh, may rest in peace, uh Derek wrote a really good piece on why Brock Osweiler was a fraud while he was playing for the Broncos and why he wasn't uh any good. So I, I think if you look closely the writings are on the wall that maybe he's just not a good player. Maybe he was a bad quarterback held up by an all time great defense until Peyton Manning was able to come back. Um And I I think that's that's just kind of the story of Brock Osweiler. But it's funny that he's the second string in Denver right now. Like I know Paxton Lynch is hurt, but it it, the the optics of having Paxton Lynch behind Brock Osweiler just kind of put everything to rest for you.
1: The the funny thing about yeah Brock Osweiler behind just Brock Osweiler behind a quarterback when Broncos fans are like Broncos fans and media. Because you see the media in Denver carrying his, their, his, like, the organization's weight right now. They're like, they were so smart by letting him go and now getting him on pennies. And it's like, he's a backup quarterback, and they wanted to give him a starting quarterback contract. So <laughs> yeah, it's not like... They, they just got lucky. They, yeah. They they got lucky by by missing. Sometimes sometimes the best bet is one that you don't make. You know what I mean? It's yep. one of those type of situations. Um, this is from AT underscore underscore 91. Uh, Cam Newton, two-time M- two-time NFL MVP.
0: Uh, no.
1: I disagree. Yeah, or I agree completely. Um, Russell Wilson, I'm all in on Russell Wilson. Just like ISO ball ends up getting it. That or like, I I think Drew Brees might be able to be in contention for it because Drew Brees might be able to get every single Peyton Manning passing statistic this season alone. Um, so he can he can do it,
0: he and if have, he does he it, have the I, media campaign backing them
1: up yeah that. yeah yeah so it, it could be a situation like that but if the saints are going seven and nine how can you give it to him
0: yeah that's the problem I, I did see a hot take that some, i don't remember who who wrote it yesterday but somebody said the saints were going to end up being the number one seed in the nfc and drew Brees will win the mvp
1: they don't have a defensive line that's or funny. linebackers or like defensive backs really other than marshall Lattimore, who has hamstring and like i love marshall Lattimore. But he ha- he has hamstring injuries. He's a rookie who's never really played. He got his first start in week three of the preseason, and he's playing on turf. So yeah. uh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that one. Like al Muhammad, who hasn't played a regular season game since 2015, like the end of 2015 – um, might end up being their starting defensive end opposite of Cameron Jordan. I'm not totally sure what, how that situation is shaking out. And that's uh, Al-Kane Muhammad, again, suspended last year, did not play a single game, had been suspended from the University of Miami two or three times before that, and uh, was drafted in the sixth round. And that's what might be the second best def- or third best defensive lineman. because I guess uh, Sheldon Rankins is down there. Sheldon Rankins is legit.
0: Have you, I haven't paid much attention to him. Has he looked good this preseason?
1: Yeah, I watched him. There was a. I think it was week two, I want to say. He had a couple big splash plays, and I was like, hell yeah. There we go. That's what I wanted. I need him, and then you need uh, Shaq Lawson to be good. I need those two guys to be good to make up for my just horrible, disgusting and Lynch takes.
0: Yep. I mean, we all had. Most of us had bad Paxton Lynch takes, but let's move on. All right. Uh, Jags, worst run
1: organization. This comes from JV status.
0: Um. Yeah, I I think with Cleveland starting yeah. to get their stuff together on paper, yeah, I I see you have Buffalo down here, but I I don't know. I I kind of want to give them a little bit of time, to, like with their own vision in mind, to see what that looks like. But I I would go Jacksonville just because you know, they always they, they talked all season about with all the changes they were gonna make, and then they just went with the same old. It, it's the same it's the same operation without Gus Bradley. It's the exact same thing. Yeah, it's almost
1: like Gus Bradley was a cover three coach, and you just roll out the ball when you play cover three. Right. It doesn't matter what talent you have or the – or it doesn't matter what talent you have. It's the coaching that doesn't matter. The talent is what you play to in cover three, which is why he's going to be fine in Los Angeles.
0: Yeah, I I guess, sure. Uh, But but, I I know they do have have a pretty good defense. Uh, I I just still can't buy the Chargers. But, yeah, so you have the – Buffalo the the most loo- but you have you have you have the most losingest coach in NFL history Gus Bradley and you just you literally keep everybody except him so I, I don't know how you can be worse around than that and I Buffalo I just I just don't know like w- what their vision for their team is yet mm. but They but they do have they do have two picks in each of the first three rounds next year so
1: Yeah, I guess so they can trade them for future fifth round picks.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Sure. sure. If like if this team if they're like if like the Browns are like trying to be like Billy Bean by like acquiring like draft picks and like just just like volume adding draft picks while not really having to give anything up other than cap space, like the Buffalo Bills are like Mister Bean, bro. Like this is like they're they're trading pennies on the dollar. Like it's it's the most ridiculous. Like so, Reggie Ragland was drafted forty first overall, and they traded for a what was it a future sixth or fifth?
0: It was a future fifth? future fifth.
1: It's a future fifth. So, draft like, day three draft picks, like, they're worth one round later, like, the sooner they are, right? So, like, a fifth th- next year is worth a sixth this past year and was worth a seventh round pick the year that Reggie Ragland was drafted 41st overall. So, they basically flipped that pick for that. Like, I, I don't know, like, people, I don't really understand this one because they're not adding high picks. They're adding, They're trading away high picks for low picks. Like, they're losing value on things instead of gaining value on things like the Cleveland Browns are. I don't know. And then, like, Tyrod right now is playing worse in that offense than, than Blake Bortles has played in Jacksonville, if we're going to be totally honest. Uh, yeah, yes. And, like, Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman, who last week said that, that Buffalo is a quarterback graveyard might end up be, might end up starting week one. And, like, this is after, like, Adolphus Washington's gotten in trouble. Marshall Darius has gotten in trouble. Um, Jerry Hughes has told people to go play in traffic. Like, this is, this is not going to – like, this might be full implode. This might be, like – remember when Tampa, they went to – uh it was a couple – it was like five years ago. It was the Josh Freeman falloff, remember? When they went to uh, London and then they came back and nothing was the same at all and they just ended up getting blown out every single game. Like, the preseason might be that for the Bills. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, this might be the better 0-16 candidate than the Jets.
0: Yeah, I just – I think that when you look at where this new Bills – regime uh it has started like it's clear that they're trying to to rebuild this team into their own manner so i think on the surface you can kind of look at it and say yeah maybe those picks don't aren't the best value but they do have you know six picks in the top 100 uh and that kind of fits the mold of a team that's rebuilding and then you look at jacksonville they're trying to win now with Blake Borrells and Chad Henney and no offensive line. Like like I, I think the fraudulence and where Jacksonville thinks they are compared to where they actually are, is is why I will put them below Buffalo or ahead of Buffalo. I don't know.
1: Uh, that's fair. That's fair, I guess. It's a short term, long term question, I guess. Uh, Melvin Gordon rushing rushing title. This comes from uh, Alex Alex Dosta? I don't know where the S the S is in the first name or the last name. I can't tell off the URL, uh, Melvin Gordon, Los Angeles Chargers uh, rushing title. No. Uh, Who do you think gets it? Freeman. Uh,
0: Freeman, I, I think. Actually, guess what carries though. Melvin Gordon might get it just because he has no real competition. I feel <laughs> There's like no I one think, behind him. I, I just, I, I feel like that would be a season where he just got the ball like almost 400 times.
1: Yeah. Um. There was that story that Klemko, Robert Klemko from uh, SI was tweeting out, like, he had a little thread on it of, like, this, like, little small school running back who's kind of been bouncing around for a while who ended up making the Chargers roster. And, like, the reason that he made that roster is because the Chargers have absolutely no one behind him.
0: Yeah. They, yeah, I don't know. I can see David Johnson leading the league in rushing this year. Uh,
1: Yeah, because David Johnson, David Johnson's a volume guy. Like, to be totally honest, if you look at his, like, efficiency numbers, he's not that great. He just touches the ball every damn play.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, even if you just look at his yards per, per carry, David Johnson's at 4.2 yards per carry, like LeSean McCoy was at 5.4. Um, but you don't really have anyone saying that LeSean McCoy is a clear cut better back than David Johnson. I'll say it. I'll say it too. There we go. That's what <laughs> I needed. That's what we needed on this hot take. It's
1: just, just agreement on LeSean McCoy is the most exciting back in the league.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, next question. Uh, Chuck, Chuck Pagano's fired by November.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'll am i buy that take, especially if, yeah. if, you know, because Andrew Luck hasn't started. He hasn't even practiced yet, so I, I don't know when we're going to see him. Probably, you know, I think by be- best case, you see him week four, or week five, uh, if he hasn't practiced by the start of September, uh, which is where we are now. So, yeah, if they're, you know, 0-4 or maybe they even get to a point where Andrew Luck doesn't come back to week eight and they're like one in seven. Uh, I, I think you just pull the plug and give somebody uh, like a new head coach. Uh, you, you let Chris Ballard hire his own head coach and then they kind of run at having this top five pick next year. Because, man, like without, and even with Andrew Luck, that Colts roster is weak. But if you take him off of there and you put in Scott Lazine, uh they start off their regular season at the Rams versus Cardinals versus Browns, at the Seahawks versus 49ers. At the Titans versus the Jaguars, so like if they don't have Andrew Luck for those eight games, how how shocked would you see be see them? How how shocked would you be to see them go zero and eight over that stretch? Oh, I like
1: that, bro. They could get blown out in like six of those games. To be t- totally honest, so it'd be like a unlucky break in like two games to get to zero and eight. Um, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I think the tricky thing with the Jacoby uh, Brissett trade, right, is if you look at his. Uh, if you look at his passing efficiency numbers, it's very clear. And you can look up his A dot too. Um, he's not passing the ball downfield. Like when the when how how the Patriots used Jimmy Garoppolo and how they used Jacoby Brissett was very very different. Yeah. Um, they they basically went dink and dunk offense when Jacoby Brissett got in, which okay that's fine if if that's the strength of your quarterback that's cool. Um, the Indianapolis Colts don't play a dink and dunk ball really. They like they just, just kind of throw it deep. Every single th- like they're they're kind of uh, they're kind of like the the Arizona Cardinals in that way you know what I mean mm-hmm. so to have the offense switch that much up so it's like Tolzina's doing poor enough where Jacoby Brissett ends up getting thrusted into the role and then the offense has to completely change around Jacoby Brissett and then has to change again under Andrew Luck like that's just this is sitting duck territory you know what I mean
0: yeah I I just I don't know what you do with this team if Andrew Luck doesn't play but. It, I, I play play for the next year. Play for the that's next why, year, like, it, get Chuck. Come on,
1: over. IR. Like, that's why they should have started with him on like POP if they didn't think he was going to end up playing in the first couple weeks of the year.
0: Yeah, it, it doesn't. Just make throw him sense. right on IR.
1: I don't I'm gonna get it. Uh, Seahawks defense not top ten. This comes from Josh thirty four forty eight.
0: I, I mean, no, I don't. I I don't even want to do that. Let's talk about how many players would Seattle have to lose before they get to a point where they're not a top ten defense.
1: Oof! They would have to lose because we last oh year we, we saw
0: their pass defense take a hit when Earl got hurt. But still, they were still
1: a- Earl might be the most important guy in that defense, though. Oh yeah, cause see, if like you,
0: if, you, if you looked at how like how far their pass defense dropped last year, they went from like from like top three to bottom three just like that when Earl got hurt. If you look at DVOA standards,
1: yeah. Someone, someone in the NFC West just go pay Earl Thomas, and like Seahawks won't have a defense
0: anymore. Um. Okay. Let me think. Forty-nine should just open. Give him a blank check.
1: Yes, that's that's what I would do. Just be like, let's nuke this team. Let's nuke this team from the inside out. You can't find another Earl Thomas. You can find more of these defensive linemen. You can't find another Earl Thomas. Um. So let's exclude Earl Thomas. Okay. How many? How many guys would they have to lose before they weren't a top top ten? You said top ten. uh okay. I I think I I think they're
0: the best in the league right now.
1: Fuck. They would have to lose Sherman. Cam
0: KJ Wright,
1: KJ Wright, Cliff Averill, and me. No, if you switch Wright with Wagner,
0: okay, so, so that like,
1: gives them Michael Bennett, still Sheldon Richardson, still Jerron Reed, still Frank Clark, still um, KJ Wright. I guess Michael Wilhoit would be playing the other linebacker spot next to KJ Wright, yeah. Uh, it would end up being Jill Griffin, Jeremy Lane, Earl Thomas. And either Tedrick Thompson or Dino you know, Hill playing strong safety. Defense, and that team would that team would probably be like fourteenth instead of tenth. Yeah. yeah, man. It's super like um the Jets had I wrote this piece for football for football guys and I had the Jets as the thirty second ranked edge group, right? And I had the Seahawks ranked as the first edge group edge group. And Sheldon Richardson can kind of flex to both, so I just kinda like included his name and passing. He's he's yeah. very similar to like Michael Bennon that way. Um But, like, if you're talking about, like, rich getting richer and poor getting poorer, like, goddamn, man. Like, this Seahawks defensive line, like, they – you could legitimately make a case that, like, if Jerron Reed takes that step – He's probably a top 10 nose tackle in the league. Like, not to say that there's like a bunch of nose nose tackle talent in this league, but you could probably make the case that like Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, Frank Clark are probably top 10 defensive ends in the league as it stands right now because of how many guys have been rotated out. Like we said, uh, edge defenders because of the loss of guys like Justin Houston and uh, Robert Quinn and Alden Smith. Um, Sheldon Richardson, like, was second in the league or second for like defensive linemen and tackles for a loss last year. Um, He's still very explosive, very athletic, one of the best picks in that horrible draft that he was in, and then, like I said, Jeron Reeve would be a top-10 nose tackle. Like, that, that defensive line, like, there's a— the fifth-best guy on the Seahawks defensive line could be the first-best guy on, like, a handful of NFL teams.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, which is just— That's uh, ridiculous. It's uh, disgusting. Like, they're going to throw out Cliff Averill, Frank Clark, Michael Bennett, and Sheldon Richardson— and they're going to do that little stunt thing where they line three of them up on one side and they line the other one up just like outside shoulder, the defense or the like left tackle. And I have no idea how you're going to stop that because oh, you have to be worried about any of those guys getting into any gap at any time. Man, like you're going to have to run like max protect on
0: like third and 18. I am so excited to watch Sheldon Richardson. I mean, it sucks. Like, oh man, like he's going to Seattle. And, and as a Falcons fan, it sucks to see them, you know, kind of become the NFC favorites. But. Man, to see him be freed and play with like a real coaching staff and real other defensive linemen, and he or not that he wasn't playing a real defensive lineman before, but the, like the Jets, they didn't really have a plan for it. They were really congested with Leonard Fournette or not Leonard. Fournette. He played him at inside linebacker. Yeah, they, they had, started they playing,
1: him at inside linebacker.
0: They had him playing inside linebacker, and he's like he's almost three hundred pounds. So you know, to, 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 my whole thing is like
1: they gotta pay these guys at some point, man. Like Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett have been playing on a discount for forever. And, like, Sheldon Richardson's contract's coming up in a year. Frank Clark's coming, contract is coming up in two years? Two years. He's on year three of his rookie deal. He's going to get paid. Like, I don't think – like, Frank Clark is going to get one of those Melvin Ingram contracts where people who don't really watch pass rushers don't understand how much money he's going to end up getting because of how good he is. Um, I have, I have no idea how they keep this team together unless they just, like, punt Michael Bennett and Cliff Averill in the next couple years.
0: You just keep punting on offensive of line and – <laughs> just say whatever we'll, we'll, we got it's a marketing efficiency offensive, yeah. line, Actually, offensive linemen or figment of the imagination the uh the Seahawks they will have about 26 million in cap space after the season so i don't know how Who's a free agent Jimmy Graham uh so there's free agents will be Sheldon Richardson like you just said um i'm trying to figure out like, who they're who they're oh, free agents for 2017 so Luke Jokel, Eddie Lacy, uh, Michael Wilhoy, Tremaine. wait no, these are the guys they signed. Wait, those are the guys that they just yeah, signed. I, I was
1: like, no those aren't.
0: Yeah, I don't know how to find it this fast. <laughs> track is,
1: okay, I'm gonna do this. Keep talking. Talk about how great the Seattle Seahawks are and how they're gonna beat the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game. Uh,
0: the Green Bay Packers mean the Atlanta Falcons, but it, no, it, it's really cool to see just like how they how how that defense has evolved and how they they've reloaded with talent year after year after year. If you look at where they started, like when they the Legion of Boom first became a big thing back in like 2013, and they were running that big end role with like, with Red Bryant playing strong side end and Michael Bennett kind of being your guy all across the line. And, and now they've kind of really abandoned that, that whole style. Atlanta has too, for the most part, where you don't need, you don't really need that big hulking presence on the defensive line. You can just go sleek everywhere and win with speed. Yep. And, uh, you know, Sheldon Richardson, Michael Bennett, Cliff Averill, Frank Clark, like, you can start a defensive line right there. And even, he hasn't even thrown in guys like Jerron Reed. So it's a really deep, uh, like versatile defensive line, and, and they can all fly. They can all run. And it, it's going to be – I really hope that that uh, Seattle offense carries through the season because if, if they get some leads and they can really just pin their ears back and rush the passer – that's going to be a dominant defense.
1: So I found the list. You might've been right. Um, It's Jimmy Graham, Luke Jokel, Eddie Lacey, Sheldon Richardson. Um, Michael Wilhoite's on this list too. He must've signed a one-year deal. So it looks like the guys that they're about to lose are the guys that they literally just resigned. And if any of these, these, uh, these, uh, what is it called? What's the, what's the name? Richard Sherman. I forgot Richard Sherman's name, man. I gotta, I gotta get back in the groove. Um, If the Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman uh, rumors are uh, true, you know, if he, he's gone, that ends up opening up a bunch of cap room. I don't think Luke Jokel is a guy who uh, is going to get re-signed. I think we can clearly say that. Eddie Lacy, I don't know if he's going to come back with the, the depth that they have at running back now, surprisingly, somehow.
0: Yeah, dude, they they have, like, I, I've, I remember I was watching that game against the Chiefs that they had. And dude, Chris
1: Carson looks like fucking looks Le'Veon good. Bell. He yeah. looks like Le'Veon Bell. I'm so, like,
0: They're legit God 40 damn it, man. The
1: Seahawks up. are so much better than the Packers. It's not fun. They're gonna beat the fucking brakes off them. I'm tired of this. We're not talking about the Seahawks anymore. Um, let's go. Uh, last NFL. Last NFL take. Uh, Deshaun Watson wins the starting job by week six and then loses it. This is by D. Defoe. Uh, uh
0: I, I think he does win the. I mean, if you're gonna give him the job by week six, I mean something awful happened with Tom Savage. It's Tom Savage, who has also never thrown an NFL pa- NFL touchdown, um. Yeah, I, I I I could see him getting it by week six. I don't think he loses it because we'll, like for what what point do you have to put Tom Savage back in?
1: Very true. Um, did you see uh that did you see that PFF tweet that I ended up sending to our group chat?
0: Um, Where it
1: had uh, Deshaun Watson had a worse grade than Josh Dobbs this oh, yeah, this preseason.
0: I, I did see that.
1: He's like the worst rookie quarterback out of anyone. I'm not sure if I saw that. Josh Dobbs was horrible, like legitimately horrible.
0: Yeah. He was he, he was awful. Um,
1: so are you are you off the court? Re, rank the co- rookie quarterbacks. Who would be like your top four now?
0: Top four, uh, like just after what I saw in the preseason.
1: Yeah, like well, including including the draft evaluation. Like you can do both. Like, like if you had a, if the draft started today,
0: where would you have them? Oh, if the draft started today, uh, tr- probably Trubisky, Kaiser, Mahomes, Watson. Is that fair? Trubisky.
1: I would have, uh, Bethard Trubisky. Oh.
0: <laughs>
1: Kaiser, Mahomes. Yeah.
0: Probably. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot CJ Beathard, future Hall of Famer, outbre- outpacing Matt Ryan's MVP season. Speak,
1: speaking of QB1's last take, uh, Mason Rudolph, QB1. This comes from Bam Rock 45.
0: Lamar Jackson.
1: Lamar Jackson. Mason Rudolph almost threw a damn interception on a speed out that I ended up looking like Pearl.
0: Yeah. I, I that saw
1: was, that. Was um, He's putting up numbers, but he puts up, like, he has a good touch on deep ball. He has a good touch on the deep ball where he can, like, hang it over a defender, um, which only means you have to have, you know, receivers who can beat cornerbacks on every single play at the NFL level. And uh, he doesn't have great velocity. So he does everything right. Like, I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think he probably should be drafted, like, day two in a way that, like, quarterbacks who were drafted on day two are usually way worse than guys who are drafted. Guys who are like him end up getting drafted on day one. But, I think he's like a legitimate NFL quarterback. He's going to be playing for eight years or something like that. But I don't, I don't see a first-round pick in him right now. Like, like I said, I watched basically all these quarterbacks, the guys, the top guys who are being talked about, and I didn't see a damn one of them that looked like a first-round pick other than Lamar Jackson this weekend. But lots of weeks left.
0: Yeah, I, I think with Mason Rudolph, he's just one of those guys where you, you draft him on day two, and you, you just know what you're getting. You know, uh, like he could start for the Jets right now. Yeah, sure. Like, your so, your ceiling's capped, but you got a starting quarterback.
1: Mm-hmm. Like you, you have a functional body, and you're not paying him a lot of money, unless you trade it up in the first round to get him.
0: Yeah, I, I think someone, someone in one of our chats we were in said, "And he's Andy Dalton," which it, that's fine. You you I, you can take Andy Dalton the second round, third round.
1: Yep. Uh, so what do we do? Uh, Wednesday we're gonna have gambling pod up previewing all these games.
0: Yep. Let's go. Take season is back. Football season is back. And we'll be back on Wednesday. So that's going to conclude episode 41 of Setting the Edge. Push. Five-star reviews on iTunes. Be sure to check out settingedge.com And we will see you guys later.